Josh, here we are again. It's Thursday. It's right around. It's eleven in the eleven hour. These Thursdays come faster and faster as time goes on. They do. You know, I've been taking Mondays off lately because I tend to do something on Saturdays with uh, yeah. one or another ministry, and Sunday I'm here, which I love. But it is. Yeah. I am working, you right. know. Um, yeah, my wife usually takes Monday. Like, her, her weekend is usually Monday and Tuesday. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she, she, you know, has business making, like, wedding cakes yes, and right, cookies right. and, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Usually those birthday parties and weddings and stuff are on weekends. All right, so. sure. It's got to work. Yeah. That's so her, her weekend is usually shifted by two days. And I, and I hope she does that intentionally. <laughs> I had to start doing that very intentionally. Mm-hmm. Monday it's not just a day off, it's a day I stay home. Right. So there's another layer of it because if I don't do that, I will not. Oh, yeah. I, I, I won't You'll, do laundry. I won't mm-hmm. do anything. So whenever I, whenever I take Mondays off, it's Tuesday. And then Wednesday is a big day at the church because right. we do classes. You know what I mean? The yeah. week goes by so fast, uh, which is good sometimes, not so good sometimes. But Yep. Um, I'm going to be uh, – uh, uh, most likely teaching again uh, oh, yeah. in the fall. Uh, mm-hmm. So that'll be Tuesday night teaching uh, at, at EWF, and then Wednesday night teaching at Gun Club, and then oh, Thursday. Well. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Man, oh, man, you're going to put something else on your plate. You've yeah. had that on your plate before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's part of who you are. Really. Yeah, and it's it's courses I've taught before. Right. Um, but I uh, have an opportunity. Well, courses I've – a course that I've taught, it's a it's a course about building codes because I can okay. get engineering. Mm-hmm. That's and, a uh, pleasure I, reading for you. Yeah, it is. I, actually, it is because uh, I'm weird <laughs> like that. But uh, <laughs> actually, sidestep here, I actually get – you know, when I do Bible studies and, and – uh, things like that, and you know this, I get a lot of sermon illustrations and Bible illustrations, illustrations from things like the building code. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because it's you know, especially <clears throat> when you're when you're matching ideas about like our sinful state and how uh, you know it, it's not just that we need to be repaired, but we need that, but our hearts need to be replaced. You know, right. there's a lot yep, of similarities yep, yep. between that language and mm-hmm. the language of existing buildings where mm-hmm. you're either repairing them or doing alterations to them or you Great. know new construction or whatever. So sure, it, sure. it's 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 cool being a Christian in the in the engineering world mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. there's a ton of engineering ideas that lend themselves perfectly nice. to be like uh, either analogies or metaphors for uh, for ideas nice. in the gospel. Good. But anyway, so this this class I'm teaching about building codes, uh, I've taught it before at uh, at another college here locally, um, Pensacola State College. Uh, but this is this will be the first opportunity I have to teach this particular course at UWF. Okay, at the University. University of West. Florida. Yeah, so I'm, I'm redoing a lot of it. Okay. Um, All right. It's, good. it's fun. Exciting. I enjoy it. Yeah. That's exciting. It's, it's a weird it. thing for for someone to say they enjoy. Well, but I do. I, I can't help but think that <laughs> your students they see your exuberance about it. You know, Hopefully. and and they'll they'll be the ones that are supposed to be there will be excited. You know what I mean? To yeah. to, to learn from a, stu- a teacher like that. So, um, it's it's fun, and the. Um, I asked Chat GPT the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what the prompt was, but something about uh, tying in photography in in Bible study, right? And it did a, a decent job. And uh, you've done this before by just me talking to you. How smooth a transition uh, can, it can be speaking about photography and or. Um, uh, shooting guns and gun safety yeah. to a Bible study. I mean, yeah, to a Bible study. It's right. It's it, and once you look at it, it's not that far off. It's really if you're thinking in those terms, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got that mindset, you can look at a lot of things. Yeah, and and, and, uh, and draw a Bible study from it. Well, you know, when when you read the New Testament, whenever like Jesus talked to someone or Paul talked to someone or you know whatever. It, 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 there, there's a technique that was often used where they didn't just like start out saying, hey, we're going to transition from what we've been talking yeah. about, change topics, and I'm, we're going to start talking about the gospel. So true. They, like the – like the woman at the well, right? Mm-hmm. When Jesus was talking to yeah, her, yeah. he right. used the elements of that conversation to be like, you know, that's a lot like this, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, and mm-hmm. use that as a, right. and, and I think that's su- such an interesting technique uh, because there are so many things in life that 
uh, work as metaphors sure, uh, yep, for yep. for the gospel. Like right. for instance, uh, you know, an engineering project I did uh, a while back was uh, uh, for a. a condo out at the beach it was made out of concrete and the the rebar was corroding the the steel reinforcement in the concrete right. was corroding because of the salt water and everything mm -hmm. basically converting the whole building into a big battery right mm -hmm. and the solution was um you know we we uncover some of the rebar clean it off and we uh electrically bond to it these zinc uh rods okay. kind of like how your water heater is protected right okay. but the the interesting thing about that uh, relating to what we're talking about is you know that that zinc is put there because it's it's more reactive uh, in that environment. It gives up its electrons easier, so mm -hmm. it's consumed so that the uh, uh, that the steel reinforcement, which is part of the strength of the building, uh, is preserved. So you have you have something that it's called a sacrificial anode, right? Mm -hmm. It sacrifices mm -hmm. itself so that the rebar is preserved. Oh, how about that's, that! Look at that's that. That's an engineering thing. I've used that so many times that's talking great. to people as an analogy of you know you know Christ. He sacrificed himself so that we could be preserved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how about that? An engineering Beautiful. analogy, and I think right. that happens so often. We just don't. We're, not, we're just not used to thinking about it. Mm -hmm. It happens so often in all of our different careers and things that we do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. just it's. It, it's really neat. Well, it, it, it can be true for anything, though, right? I mean, oh, yeah. uh, so, something something that's whatever's on your mind, whatever you fill your mind, your eyes, your ears with, that's what's going to come out or that's what's going to be close to your mind and your heart. So yeah. if you if you if you build your mind and your heart and your eyes and your ears with the gospel, that's mm -hmm. what's going to naturally be on the surface. <clears throat> right. Whenever you're looking at anything, you're kind of looking for an excuse, maybe even subconsciously to to, to make analogies. Right. And, and it's, it's cool too, because even people that might, uh, might not believe the gospel message, they, they, they practice it in these terms. Right. That's uh, right. Because, you know, other people who are involved in this project might not be Christians. They might not, uh, you know, believe it when a preacher tells them that, you know, Christ died for our sins. He sacrificed himself so that we can be preserved. You know, they might not believe in that type of methodology, yeah. uh, for mm -hmm. lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. But yet in, the, <laughs> in their practice, mm -hmm. they practice that exact model yes, by... Right putting these things into a building that sacrifice themselves so that this other thing will be preserved. That's right. And so it's, it's interesting to sort of point that out mm -hmm. as I mean, like, like Jesus did with the woman of the well, yeah. he used the conversation he was in as a, as an opportunity to present the gospel. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that that happens in all of our lives. That's one uh, thing that, that, that him and the apostles did. They met people where they, yeah, where they are. Same with and, Paul when he was talking yeah. to the Romans, he approached it as yeah. a Roman. When he was talking right. to the Hebrews, he approached it as that's exactly you know, right. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, th <clears throat> I think that's one of the challenges that uh, that that we're told to, um, you know, continually seek guidance for is like God. You know, I, I know I'm supposed to uh, spread spread the news of, of, of the gospel message. Give me opportunities to do that, right. and, and help me to recognize when you've when you've put something like drop something in uh, mm -hmm. an opportunity in my lap uh, to do this. Right. I like the, just the, the word recognition because he does mm -hmm. put us in situations where we can, uh, where, where we can share things yeah. and, and a, in a, in a way that meets somebody where they are. I think sometimes that Christianese are uh, the words, they're the, they're the prompts that mm -hmm. to tune people out. Right. If they hear something, something, uh, like like the word baptism or the word uh, Christ, certainly the word Christ, yeah. the name Christ is going to turn somebody off, right off if they're not uh, interested in hearing that. But you can use the same principles, mm -hmm. and they're all for it. Yeah, they're they're all for it. We had a, a <coughs> excuse me, we had a a grant for one of the uh, Pure Friendship Ministries here mm -hmm. at one time, and it was from. Um, it's not from a faith-based organization. It was uh, actually the first ever to get this grant. It was a federal grant. Right. And uh, in that grant, you know, they knew we were located in a church, and they were okay with that if mm -hmm. it was open to everybody. If it was just open to people in the church, then it, we couldn't we couldn't have it. But it was open to anybody who wanted to come here. Right. But my gosh, how many opportunities? You know what I mean? But but I I, I prayed through this. How do I? not deny the name of Christ, but still follow what I need to do for the federal grant. Right. And uh, uh, months I pondered and, and prayed about having a, uh, having a class mm -hmm. that 
taught the principles of the Bible without using Christian words. Right. And that was, even that coming out of my mouth gave me pause. Right. But then I thought, you know what, this, this, I think it's okay. I, I came to grips with this would be okay to do. Yeah. Uh, because there's no, I don't, anybody with, anybody with the right heart will say, I don't, I don't object to all that good stuff that's happening in the Bible. Right. Or, or I do it. I do it. You know, I, I object to that. I mean, you have to be really an outlier to, mm-hmm. to, to object to good things happening and sacrificing and yeah. praising and all that. You know what I mean? You got to be a real, and there are people like that, but um, I often think that us as Christians and the way that we present things is the biggest barrier to people coming to Christ. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. It, 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 you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned the the issue about Christian Christianese words and stuff, because, um, you, know, you know, we do the, the Marcus Point podcast. One of the other podcasts that uh, that comes out of Marcus Point is uh, uh, Jake and Preston. Yeah. The Pour Over podcast. Great they podcast. just finished They just finished a series about uh, Christian words. Nice. And uh, how, like, we often use these churchy words yeah. in our communications with each other, but what does that actually mean? We don't uh, think about it right, either. Because it's we part of it. our vocabulary yeah. that we've been used sure. to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like uh, the, the most recent one they did was child of God. Mm-hmm. What does that actually mean? You know, yeah. and we've talked about that here on this podcast mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole thing about adoption and and, right. uh, and how that's addressed in the new Testament and everything. So it, it's cool how we're all sort of, Talking about the same thing, right, 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 <laughs> and, and really, uh, what we're talking about today, uh, baptism, yeah, you know, because uh, uh, we just had this past Sunday, um, you know, every 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 so often the church has a, a beach baptism, right, and uh, pastor will do uh, a sermon about the concept of baptism, which mm-hmm. he did uh, this past Sunday, yeah, and great. that's another word that we're in Christian circles we're really confident and comfortable mm-hmm. using that word, right. But what does it actually mean to an outsider? Right, and uh, and and not only that, but uh, you know, there's a lot of nuance about that idea. Mm-hmm. That it is. It's sometimes used in uh, the same sentence as being saved. Yeah, you know, like baptism mm-hmm. it saves me. Uh, and there's different ways of, of being baptized. So some mm-hmm. people were sprinkled. Some people were. Yeah. And even uh, in the Bible, it ta- there's different baptisms. There's like baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's yeah, the baptism right, that right, we associate right. with you know Jesus and John the Baptist. There's mm-hmm. baptism in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even even the word uh, that we associate it, because whenever we talk about baptism, we talk about that that Greek word baptizo. And we use that as a... Uh, explanation of immersion as opposed to sprinkling and mm-hmm. things. And, uh, you know, e- even that word, like in, in those times, um, that word baptizo, you know, which refers to immersion wasn't always associated just with the baptism that we can, we think of. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had a piece of cloth that you wanted to change its color by dyeing, you would take it to a baptizer oh, and they would right. immerse that cloth in, in oh, the dye of that color. You you take it to like, you know, uh, Harold, the baptizer mm-hmm. and, uh, he was Bob the, guy the that, baptizer. Yeah. He, he was baptizers the baptizers are us, Josh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That was, that was the place you'd take it to get your, uh, your cloth, uh, dyed. Okay. And, uh, so, you know, here again, that word, there's a lot of nuance yeah. uh, in in that word and the idea. In fact, the, the word for baptism in the New Testament, uh, you know, it's Greek in the New Testament, Hebrew in the Old Testament was tava, and it's uh, often spoken in conjunction with another Hebrew word, uh, 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 mikvah, and uh, so, or, or mikvah. Mikvah. Yeah. So, man, what is baptism, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when when we we're talking about, or when Pastor was talking about it Sunday, uh, he, he was explaining why we baptize, yeah. what it means. Like baptism itself isn't an act that saves you; it's an indication. It's an outward. Uh, it's an outward display of uh, something that has happened inside, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where. You know, P- Pastor uh, refers to it uh, academically as womp, womp, yep. right? <laughs> academically, that's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, womp is the technical term for you go under the water. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you're uh, going through the, the action of like Christ dying. Yes. Right. And womp 
again. Mm -hmm. And the second womp is mm -hmm. coming back out of the water. You're, you're the raised. Resurrection. Yeah, you're raised with him. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, we use that. Uh, that phrase, I believe, in Acts, uh, you know, raised to walk in newness of life. Yeah. And so that's that's what they say when, you know, at, here at Marcus Point, when mm -hmm. you're baptized, uh, buried in his likeness, they put mm -hmm. you underwater, pick you back up, mm -hmm. raised to walk in newness of life. Yeah. And it's it's something that happens after salvation as yeah. a visual display, a public, uh, like, associating yourself with, uh, with the death, uh, burial, and resurrection right. of Christ. It's an outward... Display, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like you know, I, I always explain it like like your wedding ring, right? Yeah, our right, wedding right. ring doesn't make us married, right. but it's an outward display. I mean, I don't have my wedding ring because I go yeah. to because yeah. I go to a lot of construction sites, and mm -hmm. you're not supposed to wear that, but it's okay. on my keychain, so I go. still have it with me. All right, good, good. That's good. For, uh, that's good with me, Josh. I don't know. Right, but you know, called. when I take that wedding ring off, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean I'm no longer married. That's right. It's a symbol, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like mm -hmm. baptism is. Yeah. So there's that. Now let's, let's draw a line there and and give a little backstory. Everything that Jesus did has like Jesus fulfilled the law. Yes. Right. And he even told us uh, several times in the New Testament, like the law spoke about him. You know, mm -hmm. after after his resurrection, when he uh, met with the met with a couple disciples on the on the uh, it was like a seven-mile Bible study, I call it, because it was mm. on the road to Emmaus, yeah. uh, where they didn't recognize him at that point, but it was like this random dude that they were walking with on the road to Emmaus. <laughs> and for that that walk, he took them through the Old Testament and showed him how the Old Testament speaks yeah. of Christ. What a visual, by the way. Oh, You're absolutely. walking with your sandals on down a dirt road, seven miles with this dude you just met. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great visual, man. And uh, and and immediately when he was done, you know, he disappeared in their eyes, rolling yeah. like, "Oh, that was that was that was Jesus." Mm -hmm. And uh, and mm -hmm. and they even said, "Man, even while he was talking, didn't didn't our like our hearts burn inside? Yeah. Like there was mm -hmm. something about mm -hmm. just our core being that knew something special was going on while he was explaining all that mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. about how the old Testament." So, mm -hmm. you know, with that in mind. There has to be something about baptism that existed in that 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 concept existed in the Old Testament because everything like the New Testament we call it the New Testament as though there is a hard separation right. between okay this was everything that was old and this was everything that was new yes. and we kind of get a, a misunderstanding about how the Old Testament and the New Testament works. It, New Testament was a continuation of the same story. It just happens to be the part of the Bible that was revealed most recently mm -hmm. uh, okay. to us. So it's like there's the Old Testament and the more recent uh, oh, okay. You know, mm -hmm. More <laughs> the, recent, the, less the more, old. Yeah, the the more recent testament. You know, that was just a continuation of the old mm -hmm. of the Old Testament. So, yeah, you know, I always say the New Testament is is concealed in the Old Testament because yeah. yeah. everything we we read in the New Testament exists in, in in some form in the Old Testament, and the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. It's like the New Testament was like, remember all that stuff back then? Yeah. This is what it meant, and this is what it was pointing to, and it's always pointing to Christ. Yes, right. And so, you know, I, I've we've done series in the past where we talk about like the church's statement of faith and baptism right. is one of them. And we talk about John the Baptist and stuff. And we're going to rehash a little bit of that stuff to, in, in our deep dive today. But there's always, you know, whatever Christ does, there's always something Old Testament-y about okay. it. Mm -hmm. uh, because he not only fulfilled all of the law of the Old Testament and, and, you know, when we read about the rituals of the sacrifices and stuff and all the weird stuff that they went through, there's always an aspect of that that uh, or the, the primary reason for that is because it was pointing forward to some characteristic of Christ, the Messiah, and what he was going to do mm -hmm. on our behalf when it when it comes to sin or, uh, or, or either his first coming or his second coming, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and baptism is the same way. So let, let's move into the Old Testament a little bit and, okay. and look at some of the Levitical law. Right, and I want to go to. Uh, I want to start in Leviticus chapter eleven, and we're going to spend a little bit of time there, and then we're going to move forward and talk about John the Baptist. Good, uh, always a good topic. Yes, super cool guy. <clears throat> so Leviticus chapter eleven, 
we're not going to read the whole chapter, but I want to kind of give you a breakdown of, of what this chapter is about. Uh, it's talking about unclean things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it talks about unclean animals that you can't eat. Um, you know, things that happen with car, you know, why uh, carcasses are unclean. These types of animals are unclean. This type of action is unclean. If you come into contact with them, you're unclean. It mm-hmm. talks, it's okay. like just a, a list of unclean, 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 unclean. But then you come to verse 36 in Genesis, in, uh, sorry, in Leviticus chapter 11, it says, nevertheless, and, and this is just a little small thing that you might miss if you're reading too fast, but th- verse 36 says, nevertheless, a fountain or a pit wherein there is plenty of water shall be clean. And, and, then, it, and then it moves for, moves on again, talking about unclean stuff. But they that they which touch the carcass shall be unclean. Uh, any part of the carcass shall fall, sowing seed, you know, all that stuff. So... <clears throat> This whole chapter is all about unclean stuff, except for this one little part about talking about, uh, you talk about how uh, uh, water, uh, plenty of water is is clean. And that when it talks about plenty of water in that verse, the Hebrew word for that is mikvah, uh, which is an interesting Hebrew word because this has to do with the idea of baptism. Uh, this word mikvah. Uh, talks about uh, a body of water, but it also has uh, other places translated as like um, a place of hope or something that is waited for, uh, confidence, uh, you know, in addition to being used as a word that um, refers to uh, a body of water. Okay. So keep that in the back of your mind. So going going down further in Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 11, go down to verse 45, says, For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. For this is the law of the beasts and of the fowl and of every living creature that moveth in the waters and every creature that creepeth upon the earth. To make a difference between the unclean and the clean, and between the beast that may be eaten and the beast that may not be eaten. So there's there's a difference that God establishes here between something that is unclean and something that is clean. And he and, and he separates that that distinction by describing uh, a, a body of water as being that which is both clean and has the ability to make something clean mm-hmm. uh, so if mm-hmm. uh, and so so if I as a person come in contact with a with a carcass or something like that I'm considered unclean right. both you know realistically you know because I come in contact with the carcass mm-hmm. but also uh, ritually uh, ritually unclean because you can come in contact with a carcass and not be considered like realistically unclean right. like you know if i'm preparing food you know yeah i wash my hands but it, that doesn't affect my entire body right however there the, you know there's two aspects of being unclean one is you're ritually unclean and so the difference between those is what happens with water and so that that's important in this exploration of the idea of baptism okay. uh, mm-hmm. because uh remember baptism we we start out, we're above the water, and we're identifying with that, that sin that makes us ritually unclean mm-hmm. and spiritually unclean. We go down on the water, which, which signifies uh, Christ's death, yeah. and we come up raised in newness of life. We come up out of that water as ritually clean. And, and that's significant for a number of reasons. One is, like we've, like we've already discussed, we've uh, identified ourselves with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ as, a, as, an, outward, um, as an outward admission or, 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 or announcement of the, the change that we've had inside as a result of salvation. Right? It's, a, it's a witness. Really. Right. It's a witness. But also, uh, we're creating a distinction between the the unclean and the clean which mm-hmm. happens as a result of being washed in in, in water yeah so <clears throat> so the the other root the the other word um in Hebrew, that goes along with the, the word baptism. Uh, one is mikvah, which we talked about. The other one is, is taval, which is more uh, an equip. That's that's the Hebrew word for immersion, right? Okay. Uh, like baptizo in Greek, immersion. Taval, Hebrew, immersion. So that's the equivalent. John the Baptist 
you know, he was the son of Zachariah. So he he's actually referred to in the Hebrew two different ways. One is Yohanan uh, ben, ben Zachariah, uh, which is John, the John of, of Zachariah, like the son of Zachariah, but also in his uh, word, the, the, the Baptist part, Yohanan Hamabiel, which is uh, John, the baptizing one. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, so let's look a little bit about uh, about John and and start off with his father, okay. John, right, or his father Zechariah. So, in the Old Testament, um, remember that we we've created this distinction between the Old Testament and the New Testament mainly because there was like a, a six hundred year gap where Israel didn't hear directly from God like they were accustomed to. Uh, and the prophets right. and, and stuff like that. Um, and so we have that that separation between the end of Malachi and the beginning of Matthew. It's about mm-hmm. 600. They call it the silent years. <clears throat> so the last time Israel heard directly from God was from uh, the prophet Zechariah, which is cool because uh, the first time uh, Israel hears a direct message from God is when the angel comes to Zacharias, mm-hmm. John's father. Yeah. So the last time they hear from him, the prophet Zechariah. The first time they hear from him, the priest Zechariah. Mm-hmm. So okay. it, it's it's cool how these two bookends work, yeah, the, right. the bookends of these silent years. So uh, the Zechariah chapter 1 starts out with God's introduction saying, uh, The Lord has been sore displeased with your fathers. Therefore say, un- say thou unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will turn unto you, saith the Lord uh, of hosts. And that was the introduction to the whole book of Zechariah, where God's laying out, you know, how uh, how the nation has fallen from God and how they've gone away from Him, and and it, like exhorts them, you need to turn back to God because mm-hmm. judgment is coming and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> when you go into the New Testament and uh, first time. A message from God is received in the New Testament. It's uh, the the angel appearing to Zacharias, John's John's father, mm-hmm. and he says, uh, "Part of that message, Luke one sixteen says, and many of the children, it, it, the the angel is talking to Zacharias about uh, his son, John the Baptist, who hasn't been born yet, mm-hmm. but telling him about." who John the Baptist is going to be and the, uh, and, and the significance of that. And it says, many of the children shall he turn to the Lord their God. Which is interesting because in the Old Testament in Zechariah 1, it says, turn ye unto me. And then in, in Luke 1, uh, when he talks to Zechariah about John the Baptist, mm-hmm. it says, many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. Mm-hmm. So okay. turn to me, this guy's going to turn a bunch of people to the God. So the, the interesting bookends to the silent years, right? Yep. So who is Zacharias, uh, John's John's father? Well, in, in Luke one, uh, or, or not in Luke one, um, uh, what is it? Uh, yes, it is Luke one. Sorry, Luke one. Uh, uh, verse five. There was in the days of Herod, uh, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of of Abiah, of Abiah. Uh, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. What does that mean? Uh, a priest of the course of Abiah. So we talked a little bit a couple weeks ago about um, when we were talking about the the, the rebellion of Korah, mm-hmm. uh, how there were priests, and uh, you know the the uh, Levi who was the one of the twelve sons of of Jacob, uh, who the the tribe of Levi is named after. He had three sons: Gershon, Kohath, Merari, and, and they, this became the priest tribe. Well, that that one son, Kohath. <clears throat> That's where uh, Aaron, the first high priest, uh, was descended from, uh, Moses, his brother. And so there was the three families which, you know, each family was uh, assigned a certain aspect of the tabernacle. Uh, you know, when, it, when it, it was a temporary structure that was intended to be broken down, moved, right. and, and, re, and uh, you know, put back up. And so mm-hmm. these three families, one was given like, you know, you're, you're responsible for the artifacts of the tabernacle. You're responsible for the, uh, for the tapestries. You're responsible for the boards and the sticks and, you know, the structural part yeah. of it. Right. And then uh, part of that, that Kohath family, uh, you know, Aaron's part uh, was sectioned off of Kohath's family and said, okay, you're specifically going to be the priests, um, <clears throat> which is, is, 
cool at the beginning because uh, you know there's not really a lot of them. It's the beginning of the family, and mm-hmm. it's a small uh, it's a small tabernacle, a little tent structure. But as as families as families go, they get larger and larger and larger, right? So there becomes a huge amount of the descendants of Aaron that are the priests, right? The direct line of Aaron uh, is the high priests, but, uh, you know, Aaron had two sons. Uh, uh, it was um, uh, Zedek and, and or Eliezer and, and Ithamar. And as the these number of priests grew, there was the high priest himself, but then the priests that were responsible for, um, you know, uh, the the rituals of the temple, uh, washing the sacrifices, uh, you know, uh, doing different things with like the table of showbread, the altar of incense, you know, re- like restocking those, you know, mm-hmm. the the showbread or the incense, you know, lighting the the candlestick. All that stuff, like the the work of the tabernacle, was from Aaron's sons and grandsons and great grandsons, who mm-hmm. you got larger in number. Well, eventually, it becomes so much of these, like you're going to overcrowd the the tabernacle, or okay. after that, the temple. And so, uh, twenty four courses, uh, I believe, is twenty four, uh, were were laid out in First Chronicles. It's like, okay, we have a bunch of these people. We're going to separate them into uh, into a certain number of courses. Uh, and each one of these courses will serve for, you know, a week or two at a time. And then their shift ends, the next one comes in and, and, uh, uh, continues from there and will rotate out all these courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and these courses were named after the, like the, the person that was the first iteration of this course. Uh, you know, and this, this is all given in first Chronicles 24, uh, Jeho- Harim, Sorum, Mah- you know, all these different Hebrew names were the, the names of these courses. And there's one of them, uh, the course of, uh, Abaya, which was, uh, Abaya was a son of Eliezer, which was a son of Aaron, uh, and going back to, um, going back to Levi. And so, I say all that say this, Zacharias, John the Baptist's father, was a priest in the order of Abiah. So he was one of the priests that was responsible for uh, not just the upkeep of the tabernacle, but he had certain, you know, these priests had certain roles in the rituals of, uh, of the tabernacle and the, and the temple. One of these roles, which becomes significant in John the Baptist's life, is when uh, when you were going to go to the temple and offer a sacrifice, there were certain requirements that that, that had to be met by that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing about uh, things about its its cleanliness or its health or uh, the the type of animal it was, its gender, all that kind of stuff, depending on what sacrifice you're going to be doing. So when you brought that sacrifice in, you'd you'd have to present it to one of these priests and they would inspect it and they would either say, yes, this is, uh, this is suitable to be a sacrifice for this purpose, or it's not suitable, or uh, you know whatever, and then it would be washed, and and so on. So that becomes significant because who was Christ? He was the ultimate sacrifice for our sins, which means you know when we start using that language about being the sacrifice, we're using Old Testament language. Mm-hmm. He was the sacrifice for our sins. He took our punishment for us because he was faultless himself. He didn't have sin that he had to pay for, so he was able. Uh, he he was clean, and was able to be a sacrifice to to uh, step in our place mm-hmm. and take that for us. Well, remember, he has to fulfill all of the all the details of the Old Testament law, which meant if he's going to be presented as a sacrifice, something has to certify that that's true. Right. Well, here comes John the Baptist, who mm-hmm. is he he is himself a priest after the order of Abiah, because just like his father was, mm-hmm. uh, so he would have been one of these priests that sacrifices would have uh, been submitted to mm-hmm. for inspection and certification, mm-hmm. which is cool because what happens when Christ presents himself to John the Baptist? What does John the Baptist say to everybody about Christ? Because I'm not worthy of, I'm not worthy of baptizing you. Right. That was the first thing he said. He's like, well, wait a second. I recognize who you are. Right. I'm not even worthy. You should be baptizing me. I'm not yeah. even worthy to, worthy to, to, un, uh, un, to, to tie your shoes. Tie your shoes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, what, but what did Jesus say? He kind of, politely rebuked him and said, no, 
this still needs to happen mm-hmm. uh, because what was happening, Christ was, this was the, the, the very beginning of Christ's earthly ministry, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He was presenting himself to a priest and that priest, uh, what, what did John the Baptist say? Behold the lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. was a sacrifice being presented to a priest, a priest recognizing the quality and the, and the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the characteristics of that sacrifice yeah, right. and announcing to the world, this is a sacri- this is a, a legitimate sacrifice. Mm-hmm. This is something that meets the qualifications of being uh, a sacrifice. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Mm-hmm. So Jesus met that requirement because he was certified by a priest to be uh, uh, yeah. to, to be offered in our stead. And then uh, and then what happened to the sacrifice? He was washed yeah. uh, and, and made not just uh, he was made ceremonially clean ritually clean uh, through through that act of baptism. And that's what we're sort of acting out. We're presenting ourselves, you know, we're, we're, we're identifying ourselves with the attributes of Christ. Right. He did this. We're identifying, identifying ourselves as, as having, uh, as having presented ourselves uh, a sacrifice. We're, we're ritually unclean. We're identifying ourselves with Christ's death, His mm-hmm. burial, and His resurrection, so that we can be raised in newness of life. Right. And uh, it, it's just so interesting mm-hmm. how we lose a lot of that nuance. Right. Uh, because yeah, here again, uh, you know, Christ, <laughs> you know, that being the beginning of His of His earthly ministry. Um. When uh, when when a priest. Which you know, Christ also acts as right. He's he's uh, he acts as our high priest. He right. acts. You know, we've we've discussed that in, in great detail as well. Um, <clears throat> when a priest would start his ministry, he would present himself uh, once again at the temple, and he would be ritually clean, uh, cleansed. Uh, he would mm-hmm. bathe, mm-hmm. and that was like uh, the you know, drawing a line in the sand, like, okay, now I am starting my priestly ministry. Okay. And so that's, you know, Christ was doing that same thing because yeah. that was the beginning of his earthly ministry. Interesting. Um, okay. So all of this nuance, all of this like deep, rich history was happening during that act of Christ being baptized mm-hmm. uh, by John the Baptist that did, did so many things. One, it established his ability to be uh, presented as a as a sacrifice in our place. Yep. It was the beginning of his earthly ministry. It was uh, what we identify with when we act out his death, his burial, and his resurrection. All of that was happening, which is mm-hmm. why it's it's such an important thing for us as Christians to mm-hmm. uh, uh, to take part in. Perhaps that's that's why, at least here at Marcus Point, it's not a sprinkle either. Right, it's it's, it's, a, it's an immersion. It's an yeah. immersion in that because it is it's a it's a signal of everything that you just got through describing. Right, we're we're following the same process. Right, mm-hmm. and I, I find it uh, interesting and comforting that Pastor Godfrey said one of the other reasons that uh, that we believe you should get baptized uh, is because it's a starting point for you. He said that, those words, it's a starting point for you. You can look back on this day, just like you said Jesus did, on that day with his cousin. Really, that's perhaps the, am I saying it the right way, the official start of his Mm -hmm. ministry in in a way, I guess it is. It certainly is a starting point that we all look back to and can can quote and to talk about and to uh, to visualize. Same thing with us. You can look at a certain day if you're getting baptized and say that's kind of a new start for me. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a new it, and whenever you you verbalize that, it does something to you. You yeah. know, it's it's uh, th- this day, I'm starting over. Yep. Whatever you know, and I'll venture to say for me, yes, that was a starting point as well. But a rededication is kind of it. That's not what we're talking about here, but a rededication of your life can also be another start. Mm-hmm. And I've heard Pastor Godfrey say that many times he's seen a rededication kind of it, it it's more effective from then on after a rededication, the person really seems to take it more seriously. Right. And and that's the case with me, for yeah. sure. I started pure friendship after I rededicated my life. Mm-hmm. And everything from that time has has been my life. Right. You know, so that was certainly a day in time where I can look back on. And hopefully people that are listening, if they haven't 
gotten baptized or have questions about it, because that's where this sermon came from. Right. Uh, at, at one of the classes that Pastor Godfrey teaches, um, a lady came up and said, I'm confused. Mm-hmm. I'm confused. Yeah, that was the name of the the, the, the title of the yep. sermon. Yep. Pastor, I'm, I'm confused. Yep. <laughs> I'm confused because I've been sprinkled on, mm-hmm. but, I've, but you're saying that we should be... Uh, not submerged, emerged, emerged, mm-hmm. emerged. Hmm, what's the word? Uh, immersed. Immersed. Yeah. And and that, and yeah, that's yeah. that's that's the case. Yeah, and, and I think I, I I could be wrong, but uh, the way I understood it, um, she was talking about that, um, like as an infant. Oh, being sprinkled on a day. Yeah, which is kind of like a. We would probably equate it as baby dedication. A baby dedication. Uh, yeah. Yep. Some denominations uh, incorporate uh, uh, what they call baptism yes. and sprinkling. That's right. Uh, in, in that respect. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think that's what she may have been referring okay. to. Like, gotcha. You know, I went through that. Do I yeah. need to get baptized? Right, right, right. And um, they, they really mean two different things. Absolutely. Because you know, as a. As an infant, you haven't made a decision, right? You know what I mean. Your yeah. parents are making those decisions. Yeah, it's not an, an outward uh, announcement that the baby is making that right. they've decided to, yep. you know, accept Jesus and identify with yep. the death, burial, and resurrection. Right? That's right. It's, it's right. more of a baby dedication. The it, parents are doing it. Right. A ritual. He called yeah. it a ritual. A, a good ritual. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, a, baptism it, is a ritual. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But as a baby, you know, you're you're letting the you're letting the church know. We are going to do our best to raise this this baby mm-hmm. in a Christian home and to bring him bring him up to one day, right? Make that decision. And Pastor Godfrey writes a letter. He says mm-hmm. uh, uh, to the baby for, for the parents to give to them whenever the the, the day that they get saved. Right. They, they hand that that letter to the to the uh, child and um, let them read it. Yeah. That's that's a pretty good ritual too. I think. Yeah, I think you so. <laughs> it's always interesting. I don't know. I I think weirdly about time. Uh, you know, writing writing a letter to a future person mm-hmm. uh, to commemorate an event that hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of an interesting uh, play on the on the time it line. Is. <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> but how cool would it be to have a letter? Oh, I know. You know what I mean from your past. I mean, who knows where that person's going to be? Right. Uh, whenever that happens, Th- there's but. an there's an account in the Old Testament. I think it's uh, uh, Cyrus, uh, uh, one of the kings of Persia, mm-hmm. um, where the prophet brings an old letter that was written, like, I forget how long, because I'm, I'm shooting from the hip here, uh, like years, years, years before Cyrus was even born. But it was a letter from a prophet addressing Cyrus specifically. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, a message from God from the past. How about that? Uh, you know, That's cool. Calling out Cyrus before he was even born. Wow. How about that? <laughs> That's cool. Well, it was a, it was a good uh, sermon. Anytime um, baptism is talked about, if, if you have a church that, that says uh, Baptist church, like Marcus Point Baptist church, you know, there's, uh, I think... Most Baptist church believe in immersion, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I'm not s- totally confident of that. Yeah, and, and to Southern be clear, Baptist that's maybe. not the same Baptist that we're trying to say John the Baptist. Right. Um, uh, using Baptist as a description of a denomination is different than using the word Baptist as yeah. part of mm-hmm. John's name. Right. The, John the Baptizer. John the Baptizer, right, <laughs> right. And it, it, it can be a point of contention, baptism, because, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, I was, I was, I was sprinkled and poured on. Not a lot mm-hmm. of people get poured on. I was poured on in a, in the Presbyterian Church, the church that yeah. I was saved at in uh, in in um, Wilmington, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a spectacular event because yeah. they literally just poured a pitcher of water on you while you're on your knee <clears throat> in front of the congregation. It was visually mm-hmm. spectacular. But then I, you know, started going to another church here in town where I met my wife and got convicted that that I didn't need to mm-hmm. be immersed also. And that's the kind of thing that's a decision for you, you know, to make. Right. It's it's not it's it's it shouldn't or we hope that it doesn't break people up. It shouldn't be a dividing point, perhaps. Right. But we're pretty confident <laughs> from what the Bible says, you know, that it's. Well, uh, I didn't even get I didn't get baptized till years after I got saved. Um, yeah, because I got saved as a young kid. Um, yeah, side and, and of the I've, road. Yeah, and I've I've shared that testimony here mm-hmm. before. Um, I didn't get baptized until after I had graduated college, mm-hmm. um, and and not that I was uh, against it or trying to avoid it or whatever, but um, I didn't I didn't quite under understand how it was being carried out in okay. the churches that I you know, that I grew up in. Right, okay. and so I wasn't I wasn't comfortable. I, 
I'm weird like that. You know, it's probably why I became an engineer because I have to try to understand something right. before I, <laughs> well, before we, I go through with it. You know? uh, we want you to understand things before you do them. Yeah. That's why you have to be, you don't and, have to be a certain age, but the person that knows the person the best needs right. to contest that uh, or attest that, that, yeah, they understand what they're doing as yeah. far as baptism goes. And, you know, I, I knew, I knew what it, I knew what it signified. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the like the history of it and stuff like that, that we just sure. discussed today. But um, there was something that was always a little bit uncomfortable to uh, to me, and that was the way uh, the the ceremony of baptism or the the ritual of baptism was carried out in the churches I went to. It was because okay. um, I didn't I didn't grow up in a Baptist church. Right. Uh, I'm not trying to say that. Uh, you know, the churches I went to, everything they did was wrong and the, uh, everything the Baptist church does is right. I'm not saying that at mm-hmm. all, but um, it, it's, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. I, I didn't understand why some of the things that were taking place during the baptism action were taking place in those churches. And so I was never comfortable going through those gotcha. if I didn't understand it. Okay. Right. And uh, and even when I did eventually get baptized, I didn't have the understanding of it that I do now, but it was it was closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was comfortable with you know what was going on around the baptism. Okay. Um, that gotcha. uh, so it, it's kind of a weird path for me. You gotcha. know, I, I didn't mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, it, it wasn't a, a act of disobedience I was refusing to get baptized. Right. I just wanted to understand it. Sure. Uh, sure. before uh, or, or be comfortable with with my understanding of it, right? Yeah. But uh, but even even since then, like I've been, you know, as you study the Bible, there's always this desire to learn more about the background of it. It's it's funny that that pastor even uh, talked about this this Sunday because the the topic of baptism has been one that I've actively been studying the history of and the background of the Old Testament um, for for several months. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. uh, just as a result of us talking about it in Gun Club right. and doing a podcast about it, like uh, I, I'm I'm still not satisfied with the depth of my knowledge mm-hmm. of its mm-hmm. of its history and the nuance of baptism in the Old Testament, but uh, it's something that I still enjoy sharing the my current research about, well, if you can say it that way. <laughs> we enjoy hearing it too, and to be clear, we're not saying that you have to have the type of knowledge that Josh is seeking about baptism in order to be baptized. Right. You just have to have the basic knowledge of what does it signify? Yeah, it, it's, you know, yeah it's still an act. It's, it's still uh, something we do by faith, yeah. right? And that's mm-hmm. something that Pastor pointed out too. And mm-hmm. In fact, he started uh, the uh, sermon Sunday uh, saying baptism doesn't save a person from right. their sin. We're saved by faith. Everything that we do is done under the umbrella of faith. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. Faith in what, and he used you know Ephesians two eight nine for that. For by grace we saved through faith, mm-hmm. not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Yep. Um, that's the the umbrella under which everything we do with respect to Christ happens. Uh, we're yeah. putting our faith in what Christ did for us. Already did for um, us. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. in, in you know this action of baptism is an outward showing of the faith that we've walked through in our right. in, on, on the inside. And as 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 far as it saving you or not saving you, we do not believe that it does save you. And we can look at the we can point to the thief on the cross for that. Right. Yeah. There's so much about the thief on the cross that. Uh, is uh, important to this yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't do all of the things that a lot of Christians expect you have to do to right. to be saved. Right? Mm-hmm. He he was there on the cross. He had, uh, he realized he was a sinner. Yep. He realized the importance of what Christ, or the significance of what Christ was doing yeah. on the cross next to him. Unbelievable. And he put his faith in that, and he, he was did. saved. And Jesus <laughs> said, "What did Jesus tell him?" Yeah, he's like, "Today you're going to be with me in paradise." I mean, right? if you can't believe it right out of his mouth, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, he talk didn't... about confirmation. Yeah, right? that's right. As Christians, a lot of times we struggle with. With confirmation or yeah. like assurance of sure. salvation. Like, Am I really saved? Well, Jesus himself, while he was doing it, yep. told him, You're good. That <laughs> dude, that dude, I don't want to say he died happy, but yeah. he, he died secure. But, you know, he, he didn't join a church. He yeah, didn't get right. baptized. He, baptized, he, that's didn't, right. you know, do, he, he didn't even volunteer in any churches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he didn't, didn't. Uh, volunteer in the nursery. That's right. He wasn't a leader of a small group. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he was an usher. No, nothing like that. He was just, boom, Jesus, done. I think, you know, I hadn't thought about it, but that, that perhaps is, the, is one of the best examples of Jesus plus or minus nothing. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I don't know how long he lived after after he, he was assured that he was going to be with uh, Christ in heaven. But uh, would Lord. have been a matter of hours if that. Jesus plus or minus nothing. That's yep. it. I always fun, Josh. Yep, me too. I like uh, it. All right, good deal, man. Um, we're gonna uh, we're, we're moving our our space here here directly. Uh, we don't want to. Yeah, it's fun. we're talking about it. Talking. Yeah. We'll, 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 that's a little teaser to talk about some things. In you the won't be future. able to tell from the sound, right? You know, yeah. It'll still be us. Yeah, it'll be us. We'll we be. might have some cool intros and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. So that might be some editing. Looking forward to it. It'll be fun. To, uh, a lot of stuff happening at church. It, it is. It, something is always happening here. We had. Um, beach baptism last Sunday, mm-hmm. and several, I mean, at least 10 people, 10, 15, 20 people were, were yep. baptized out there. And we're right on the precipice of one of our, our big events of mm-hmm. the year, Sportsman's mm-hmm. Night Out, uh, happening event. August 3rd, I think. I believe that's uh, um, I don't have it up here, Josh. But it's uh, but it, it's one of the, the largest event, uh, events that we do here at Marcus Point. That's actually no longer held here at Marcus Point because we outgrew our, outgrew. our space. Yep. It's yep. at the Pensacola Bay Center. Sure um, and, uh, you know, we have special guests. We have giveaways. Yep. Um, it's it's sports-themed, um, not necessarily that we're only advertising to men, but, you know, anyone's yep. invited. But <laughs> jo- Josh, you, you said, I want to go back to something you said, we have giveaways. Now, that is perhaps the understatement. Yeah, that's uh, a huge understatement. I like, mean, my goodness. Giveaways gosh. on steroids. Yes. Uh, last year, one of our giveaways was a tractor, yep. um, a camper trailer. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, everything up until there. Uh, hunting rifles, um, gift certificates. The gun, gun club is giving away um, a pistol. Mm-hmm. We're, we're being uh, sponsored, and we'll, we'll, we'll bring have our sponsor's name next year, not next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's uh, giving away a pistol uh, through us to somebody. So yep. that will be, and that that's one of many guns, crossbows, mm-hmm. uh, bows that they're going to be yep. uh, giving away. Like you said, tractors, um, campers, all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, and if you want to find out more about yeah. that uh, and other events that are happening all the time at the church, uh, go to our website, PensacolaChurch.org. Uh, you can visit our YouTube channel, uh, Marcus Point Baptist Church. We have Facebook, Instagram, uh, same names, Marcus Point Baptist Church. If you want to contact us directly, you can do so. Uh, our office number is 850-479-8337. Our email address is info at MarcusPointBaptist.org. Uh, you can visit us at our north uh, at our Pensacola campus, which is 6205 North W Street, Pensacola. We also have a Beulah campus. We have a Pace campus. If you want to come and visit, yeah, if you want to come and visit me and Destry, uh, Wednesday nights we have uh, uh, Bible study groups for all different types of interests. Destry yes. and I uh, specifically, we run the gun club. Yep. And uh, we do 30 minutes of guns and gun related uh, gun related topics and 30 minutes of Bible study. That's right. And so, um, I do a photography class uh, before that for at four o'clock, and yep. then one at five thirty, um, which is always fun. Uh, Josh, the Beulah campus is six zero zero one West Nine Mile Road. Um, it meets at Beulah Middle School. It starts every Sunday at uh, ten. A- 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Pace Campus is 5500 Education Drive in Pace, and that meets at uh, Sims Middle School at 10 a.m. also. Yeah. Wednesdays uh, at Beulah, uh, 630, and they meet at the preschool. We'll have address mm-hmm. for that next week also. Yeah, um, and, and it's on our website as yeah, well. That's right. Everything's on our website. Yep. Um, the Pace Campus meets on Wednesday, 630. That's at Pace Community Center there. And we'll eventually have... Um, We'll have structures in, in all those places, including Navarre, uh, in the near future yep. uh, for us to for us to meet at. So, awesome. and uh, so, thanks for being at the podcast. Yeah, remember we have a uh, we have a couple of them: our podcast, the Marcus Point podcast, and the Porver podcast as well. Yeah, good stuff. And like everything we do here, it's done with what purpose in mind? Connecting to God, one another, in a lost world. I like it. Thanks, Josh. Talk to you next week. Yep.